welcome to season five of the process. They never said we'd make we, it this far. They always said they're going to stop that and get bored. Season two, that's as far as they'll get. <laughs> I'm John Lee. We're still getting that. Uh, I'm Kevin Hingworth. This And this intro is its all out of order. Usually you say your name first. Uh, I said my name first. Yeah, well, I still greeted us. Well, hello, Process fans. Hello. We got some great guests lined up for season five. They're all right. They're fine. They're, they're great. <laughs> I mean, last Classic season banter. we had Ed McMillan. Well, never. That's we that, peaked. We peaked. We peaked, and we got like nothing to show for it. Right. I no, have. We got I a have, lot. Of- <laughs> I have a YouTube video that has like more than thirty thousand views. So, like, <laughs> I have yet to name drop that and have someone be like, "Oh, really?" Like, and they know who that is, even though a lot of people know who he is. But I keep bringing it up in situations. Oh yeah. And and everyone's always like, well, "I don't play video games. I don't yeah. run in the right circle." And then, like, if they do play video games, you've got, like, a 50-50 chance of them knowing right. about... Or, but maybe they've seen Indie Game the movie, right? Yeah. You've Netflix. seen Netflix. I've seen it, yes. Yeah. Uh, Kevin and I were talking about how to fix the economy earlier. Oh, I don't want to get into yeah. this. Well, Universal just, basic we, income. We, we figured it out. It's a secret. <laughs> just donate to the, our Patreon. <laughs> That's a good uh, point. Yeah, just... Uh, and we'll, fig- and we'll, we'll Patreon, take it from there. Uh, and then I'll pay... I'll redistribute <laughs> to the whole country. <laughs> also, our, our our podcast though, and there's two Patreons. Kevin has his own Patreon. Patreon.com/slash/the-process. Patreon.com/slash/khuge. That's Do both. Of them. That's the only two. I think we have zero. Do you have any on yours? <laughs> yeah, I have one. It's a friend of mine. Oh wait, wait. Do we want to talk about uh, Shape of Water? Oh yeah. I well. Yeah, I don't. I thought I it was weird. I liked it a you lot. You liked it a lot. Yeah. A I mean, lot. I, I think it's like so weird. It doesn't exist on the spectrum of good or bad. That's how weird it is. Weird. The whole it's point, weird. It's okay. Not, spoiler alert: If you haven't seen Shape of Water, we will like, get into big spoiler territory. We'll get. We'll what? tread into my. How do we? It just came out. John. It just came out. It's brand new. No people, one's seen it. They skipped this part anyway. All right. It's, well, here's the minor spoiler. I would fuck the fish. <laughs> <laughs> that's. I don't think it's earned when that finally. That's. That's my take. Uh, I. I think you're very wrong. I think the whole point. Is that he's using? They do this in philosophy all the time, and I don't right. know if you know this, but I have a degree, a degree in philosophy. In philosophy. Yeah. They use these science fiction scenarios. To, it, it's called a thought experiment, John. Okay. And uh, <laughs> this movie is basically like an elaborate thought experiment to convey how isolated people can feel from other people and how they could still find love. And that, it, like, it was representation for uh, mute people. It uh-huh. was, but That's true. apart from that, they use that as a metaphor itself just for feeling isolated and alone and alienated. Um, yeah, I will say yeah. c- creating a compelling story where your lead character can't say anything. That's, oh, that's incredible. Feat. She that's a feat. like her facial expressions and just the directing <sighs> just like, yeah, that's a feat. But um, I mean, it can be all those things you just said and still be weird. Like, <laughs> I mean, obviously. It, it wasn't that. I think that it was like. Superficially weird, but it had superficially weird. Sorry, I thought you were going for no superficially weird. (laughs) So it's like the stylistically, it's weird. But Guillermo del Toro is a weird director. He has like weird aesthetic sensibilities, but uh, the underlying like motivations and storyline and characters, I didn't think that that was weird. I thought that that was like really grounded and well written. And then it had like this facade of like, oh, but we have to think about this in terms of like alien fish things, and I just not enough is. I can't, I can't, it's anything but grounded. Like, I can't call it grounded. I, well, that's or where certain, I think you're wrong. parts of it are grounded. I think the but, entire storyline is pretty grounded and realistic. It's just, 
with like an alien conspiracy on top of it. <laughs> I just, I mean, we've seen the type of movie before where it's like, there's a creature, everyone wants to kill it, but like the lead character sees the good in the creature and like wants to protect like, It's not uh, bad though, that's, like, that's uh, oversimplifying it. That is oversimplifying. But like, types of films like, uh, right, like, but he's not a like, monster, he's just, he's just, exactly, some, that's like, like, like Beauty and the Beast like, or like E.T. or something. It was also an allegory for racism, like, uh, obviously the main white guy in charge was like, the American dream. Right. And no, then, I'm not saying the symbolism was bad. I just, oh, like, man. I thought it was so weird that, like, it t- I was taken out of it at points. Yeah. Well, I it, mean, shows, it, was nomin- it yeah. shows, like, every, like, intersection of oppression possible. Like, it just, it gets everything in there, and it doesn't right. beat you over the head. It just shows you a diverse cast that deals with, like, a diverse set of it, right. complex issues. It, and, like, real issues. <laughs> but, again, with, like, this fish, this hot fish guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a hot amphibian man who doesn't have a name. What an it's ass! Just amphibian what an man. ass, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's get into the episode. Uh, who do we I, have? Okay, on? and yeah. visually, yeah. visually, yeah, of course it's Guillermo oh del Toro. My of course, it's great I lost visually. my mind from <laughs> frame one to frame a billion. That was incredible. <laughs> yeah, it, it's the kind of thing. Great. I want to. does a good job, I and also give Richard my Jenkins. Final piece on this. All right. All right. Uh, whether or he, not he you just like rolled up his movie, sleeves for the listeners. <laughs> whether or not you like this movie, and I did like it, but uh, it's not the kind of movie you're just like, hey, you guys want to watch The Shape of Water? Right. It's it's like listen to this first. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like the li- it's literature. It's like film literature, and people do watch right. film as literature. But this is like a great example of like movies can be art. Right. And and you gotta you gotta be in the right mood. Like to watch it. I think it was like a flawlessly executed film, but whether or not you thought he should have executed it that way is I guess up for debate, but it's like I feel like he made just an incredible film regardless right. of what no, you No, the think director should probably I don't know. I haven't seen the other nominations. I gotta see Lady Bird. I still haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, you can't that's make, next on yeah. the list. That's next We on never the list, did our yeah. best stuff. I'm there's yeah. too many good there's movies. Too many, yeah. There was so much good stuff last yeah. year. It was crazy. You can't, yeah, there's all right. Well who do we got, John? Uh we got Lisa Wallen, uh comedian, extraordinary Seattle comedian. Follower at uh she changed her Twitter handle. Uh it's uh Lisa Lawen. At Lisa Lawen. Wasn't it like yeah. that? No, it was like it was like an anime reference before. It was like Weepsa or something. Uh, okay. And she changed it. Um, well, oh, by the way, yeah. I'm watching Death Note. Uh, it's it, great. It's I fantastic. Know. What episode are you on? Uh, episode like 13. There's like 40 episodes, so yeah, like there's I, a lot to I watched it all in like the span of a week, probably. Uh, my favorite character so far is uh, Ryuk, uh, just because he looks cool and he sounds cool. But then, but like, L is by far my favorite character. L's great too. But I love L. His, the character of Ryuk is almost becoming comical because <laughs> he's like a really important character at the beginning, and then yeah. slowly he gets like less and less dialogue Wait. to the point where he just like occasionally is like, eh, maybe. Wait, and are then, you like, watching with subs <laughs> or dubs? Uh, uh, dubs. Yeah. Oh, John. Yeah. Yeah, I'm watching it with Dubs. John, yeah, you, this is so I can I can check my phone while I'm also no, watching it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. you can't. Why? The Does Japanese it make a difference? voice acting is like. I mean, maybe it's just because I can't understand it, but it's like, it just it it's better. It's better. Yeah, that's what I've heard. But it's only yeah. it's like some anime, like yeah. Miyazaki films, they get such good voice actors. Right. You don't need to do that, but like I don't know, most anime TV shows, the budget for uh, localization isn't yeah. high enough. I mean, I can just rewatch it again with. Subs, but I was watch. I watched the first episode with subs, and I was like, I can't check my uh, phone and also watch. I this. can't separate. <laughs> so I can't I, separate that show from like the language it's told in. That's so important. That is true. Okay. Anyway, anyway. Lisa, Lisa Wallen's <laughs> brilliant anime. That's why we brought that up. So 
Uh, yeah. The- <laughs> she's a, uh, checked, uh, follow her on Twitter because she has got a bunch of shows coming up. Um, other plugs for her. Uh, 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 Lady Bits uh, is her comedy show. So find that Facebook yep. page. Follow me. Like Can- it. <laughs> Wait, no, I don't want to give all her plugs on the top. <laughs> okay. Not yet. All right. Uh, well, John, what are we doing? Wait, and we join them. <laughs> <laughs> and we, That's still the same. You and can we still join say them in a conversation. Season five in progress. Yeah. Check, check, check. Check, check, check. Check, check right, a Rooney. We're totally okay. good. Podcast number five for Lisa. What other podcasts have you been doing? Lately, um, I did a Gautama podcast. It's what, an what anime show. I don't, I don't know anything about anime, we but watch, I know a little like, bit about it. It's, t- it's like a comedy show. That's It's like an anime comedy show that parodies Japanese culture. Oh, uh-huh. cool. And so what we did is we took a page of a manga and we'd like read... The page in our own voices. Okay, yeah. And it's what like, is what is manga? I don't know. Well, I, how do you? I just, like, I mean, that like, is Japanese comic I books. Think, I think like I just wanted to. I think I'm pretty sure I knew that that's what it was. But yeah, we, I'm we sorry. basically don't look at me read, like that. we just basically read Japanese comic books. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, I've done yesterday a couple days ago. I did a Hall of Fame podcast where we take like two things and we put it in a Hall of Fame. And then I'm doing a comic podcast next week. Uh, I've just I have podcast a lot of 2018 <laughs> podcasts are great. Well, hopefully this is the best one you do. This is oh, the best like, one. It's the coolest room I've been in for a podcast. <laughs> well, thank you. I'll say There's that. a lot of cool things around here. <laughs> My room, That's, not John's. Yeah, I, wanna, I, 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 I used <laughs> to have stuff like this. You take the credit for it. There. Yeah. I used to have cool posters, and then I got married, and then that's like Ugh. that's like no poster land. You don't even this, have like a man like layer. Well, we have like a one bedroom apartment, so that's there's just no have a corner. Yeah, like, or no, like, right? do you have a closet? <laughs> no, we have one closet between the two of I us. I think that should be your space. You should yeah. you should have one corner and just pay like five dollars more a month to make maybe, it any way you want. <laughs> maybe I should like accidentally like make a hole in the wall and be like, we have to cover this up with something. <laughs> right? No, that's <laughs> a bad idea. That's a that's not a good idea. Pokemon Conquest. <laughs> oh my god. That's funny. Uh, uh sorry if I'm not like firing at all. So I went out last night and Whoa, John. Long Island iced teas are, they're they're a young man's (laughs) game. Wow, you were classy. We went to Rumors and there was some generous pours there. I played my Switch until I like fell asleep at three in the morning. (laughs) What game? uh, I started Master Mode on Breath of the Wild. Nice. It's yeah, hard. it's unforgiving. <laughs> but I've already put like 500 hours in that game. So I'm like, oh maybe gosh. I should not play this <laughs> yeah. game anymore. Maybe I should move on. But I don't want to because I know that just means I have to wait until the next Zelda game comes out. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> no, I, I've been playing uh, Monster Hunter World like that just oh came out. God. And I've, I'm already like, I've already put in like 25 hours. I played it at PAX <laughs> and it's it's fucking crazy. It's so good, yeah. So when did you start doing comedy? Stand-up comedy. I started in March 2014. So okay. it'll be four years. Wow. 2014 was four <laughs> years ago. That's was, so yeah. crazy. I was almost at three years and I realized it was 2018. So I was like, oh shit. Well, I, I went to like listen to the what I thought was the new Vampire Weekend album. I was like, I haven't listened to that. And it came out in like 2012. <laughs> and I was like, like what? Wow. <laughs> Children born in that year are in kindergarten. So. Yeah. 2012? Uh, That's crazy. Geez. I say I, I, I technically started March 2014, but if you take in all the times I've taken breaks and been like, I hate yeah. this, it makes me depressed. Right, yeah. I probably have done two years of comedy. <laughs> well, if you think about all the time you spent just thinking about funny stuff, or Probably. watching Breath even of the longer, Wild. yeah. <laughs> Since 2012, probably. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, yeah. I 
I just say that I started that because before I actually started comedy, I was obviously writing and right. being like, this is what I want to do. Yeah, so. totally. Um, can you tell us about your first time? My first time doing comedy? Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, I, uh, I actually was too scared to do an open mic, so I took a class. I found, <laughs> nice. I, I, I've always, I'm curious about that. Like, it was, I was like, I need to do like a stand up class where like they teach how to write. Well, uh-huh. like I paid a hundred dollars for this class and you walk in and he goes, <laughs> oh, by the way, in three weeks you're going to be on stage. So, uh, nice. good luck. Right. And we already have your name on the poster, so you can't say no. <laughs> so that was a We class. printed these out that already. That was a class. They are just like, you can't, we can't teach you what, how to do what you want to do. So just fucking do it. So yeah. I, I, I did refund. two What was this? It was in Seattle. It was Ron Reed's comedy class. Who uh, <laughs> he, he used to produce the Seattle International Comedy Competition. But it was cool because like for two weeks, you got to like critique everyone else who's starting out too. Right. So. Yeah, yeah. That feels good. And then when they have the show, you know, the first time you go on stage, you don't want like 100 people there. Well, 100 people right. showed up. So I was God. like, No, oh, you definitely, God. I think you Damn. definitely want 100 people really? there. Really? Yeah. Well, it's so much easier to make a crowd of 100 are, laugh because you, you only need like a third right. of them to laugh. A small percentage yeah. of laughs right. goes I mean, were there people you knew in the, in the crowd? Oh yeah, like my family Oh, what went, a nightmare. Everything. I was just talking to this about my coworkers. They're like, <laughs> you do comedy, I'm going to come see you do stand-up. I'm like, please never do that. Do not ever come see like I want that. Now I do because no. I'm like, please come see me because I've been doing this shit for four years and you still haven't. <laughs> right. So yeah, you have no yeah, excuses yeah, exactly. at this point. Well, like uh, I mostly do improv. Uh, I do a little bit of stand up, but uh, I love it when John's in the audience because his <laughs> laugh is like piercing. It like carries over all the crowd, and so even when no one else is laughing, I'm just like, John thought that I was good. Somebody laugh. <laughs> somebody needs exactly. to laugh. That's funny. Uh, do you remember what you talked about? Your first, your first stand-up uh, set? I was working at Fred Meyer, and I was like, well, I didn't want to be, like, dirty, because if you're going to be dirty, <laughs> right. you need to be funny first. You can't yeah, just go yeah. on stage and be like, oh, my vagina hurts. Right. Uh, <laughs> like, Is that a joke? <laughs> no. I, uh, I, I, I literally talked about, I talked about how much I hated dubstep, because that was the thing back in right. 2014. Yeah, true, yeah. And, and working in retail. So that was, like, my safe jokes. Nice, and, like, yeah. those jokes are really good, but I can't really use them anymore because I don't work... In retail, mm-hmm. and no one fucking listens to dubstep, so I can't hate on it anymore. So, <laughs> yeah, I remember when I outdated jokes. I think I was like 19 when I first started, and I was just like, What? What did I draw inspiration from? Like, nothing. Like, How someone, old are you now? 24. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's just like, you're doing like essentially like the college Seinfeld, and you're just like, What's the deal with texting? Like, it's just bad. Like, it <laughs> is, it's, it's bad now. Um, cause there's a lot of older comedians I work with that yeah. have been around mm-hmm. forever, like, Brad Upton and Kermit Apio. I'm sure right. you've guys seen their uh-huh. names. But they always say, like, you know, it's it's kind of sad how much comedians don't get paid these days. I'm like, well, you also need to remember, in the 80s, there was, like, 10 comics. Yeah. Right, There's, yeah. like, 220 so comedians, many. in right. quote, in Washington. So it's kind of hard to just make sure everyone gets paid gigs. So it is kind of rough. Like, I, I still am kind of weird with open mics because I hate waiting in line just to get three minutes. Right, yeah. yeah. And then you have to sit through everyone being like, ah, Trump, and blah, blah, right, blah. Yeah, and exactly. I have opinions. Yeah. And I'm like... Yeah. And yeah it's, so, it's so easy for the energy to like crash at open mics because if like one person just doesn't yeah. read the yeah. crowd right, like it's over. And I'm like, I feel like I'm established enough where it's like I can just take a lot of my new material at shows. Yeah, yeah. If I have like a 20 minute set, I'll be like, cool, I'll like, I'll try to put in like five minutes of new stuff. And then that's pretty much my open mic. Totally. Yeah. Right. I just need to get booked enough to do that. <laughs> open mics yeah. can be rough with like when there are like 30 comics that are doing three minutes. I'm like, I just saw 30 comics do three minutes, but I felt like I just saw one three minute set. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just all the same three minute set. And, and then I've realized like my 
opinions about my own jokes have been warped because I'm like, because the audience now is like just other comics. So like, I'm not trying to like appeal to normal it's, audience yeah. members. I'm like, oh, yeah. what will these other comedians think is funny? Which usually. <laughs> and it's kind of, it it can be good, but it also can be bad because yeah. then you have those comics like, you should really change up your, uh, you know, your tag on that. I'm like, you should <laughs> like, not tell me how like, to write my joke. Exactly. <laughs> Just tell me whether it's good or not, and right. then I'll work from there. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, then someone will give you a tag, and they'll take credit. They'll be like, she got laughed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, oh, motherfucker, totally. you like, gave me two post-its. That doesn't do anything doesn't, for my yeah. joke. Uh, how often do you do shows? Uh... On average, I I'll get anywhere from four to eight a month. I would say okay. mm-hmm. um, slower months I'll get four. Uh, I mean, if I can get eight a month, then I'm like fuck yeah, I'm actually doing good. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's hit or miss. Like summers are really slow because a lot of people aren't gonna go out when it's still sunny to go see a seven p.m. comedy yeah, show. Yeah. Posting right. um, weekends obviously make up for that, but I'd say like this year has started off pretty slow, which I like because I've been moving and whatnot, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I think if you get anywhere between four and eight a month, that's mm-hmm. pretty normal when you're three years in. Yeah, right. totally. What are, what are the types of rooms that you're doing? Are these bars, <laughs> corporate gigs, or? I haven't yet to do a corporate gig. Uh, I'm working with the wrong people, I'll say right. that. Um, I do a lot of breweries. I don't know, right. I guess I'm a brewery comic. Uh, <laughs> I also produce I also produce my own show, too, uh, which is at the parlor and oh, okay. was at Tacoma Comedy Club. I don't know if we're still doing that. Uh, but I also do hosting weekends. I do hosting at the parlor sometimes. So really, I just take any gig. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there, are, there are some rooms I don't work, though, because, like, you have, like, certain areas. Like, there's the Bellevue comics, right. the Seattle comics. I kind of am, like, a drifter. I go between Tacoma and Bellevue, and I do some Seattle breweries. That's about it. Is it a clicky scene in Seattle? Super or is it, is it? Oh, okay. That was answered I too could, fast on I, I, like, it's It's extremely clicky, which is kind of good, you know, because a lot of the comedians and clicks are are working comedians. And right. they work with, like, professionals. And since they're, like, buddy buddies, like, oh, I'll give you more stage time to work on your craft but then you right. feel bad for the people who aren't in clicks that need yeah, yeah. the stage time yeah. and i'm like poor baby well right. you, you suck at comedy so, so <laughs> yeah so so you do you book other comics on your i do okay uh, that my show's called lady bits um it's uh obviously a play on words it's right females <laughs> doing bits on stage not vaginas uh, <laughs> i yeah i book comedians for that and it is really funny when you start producing how many people automatically just Come out of the woods and be right, your best friend. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Lee Cox was saying after, like, he's like, I'm funnier on Facebook now. Now that, like, everyone is just, like, commenting on my Facebook status, like, this is amazing. And, like, it's just, it's just yeah, like, his I, posts aren't that good. They're, they're, they're okay. I, I did, now he's a producer. He does Farmstrong, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I yeah. did that last month. I it, That was also the first time I was on stage when I got back from Hawaii. So I was like, man, I'm not depressed enough to be on stage right now. I'm, like, in a pretty good mood. But it was a good show. I feel like I'm so bad at networking. Do you like reach out to other producers and you're like, hey, I'm available for this? Or are you just kind of like when I wait like for it. them to, to hit you up? And I mean, there's a there's like a there's a good, I'd say, like five to six com- producers. I work pretty monthly, mm-hmm. like regularly that I love. Um, but like just this week, I was like, wow, I don't really have a lot of gigs coming up. So I just reached out to a bunch of producers and sent them a video. Right. And they were like, cool, I'll let you know. And. You kind of have to do that. A lot of comedians 
they, you know, you already are pretty cocky, mm-hmm. right. narcissistic on your own. So right. they just expect people to like book you like, oh, they've seen you got 200 likes on a status. Yeah. So you, <laughs> you better get booked. I'm like, right. no, you have they they're they're Like I said, there's like 200 people in Washington. If you want to work with that producer, reach out to them. Yeah. Like with my lady bits, I have like. That sounds so gross. Yeah. That way. <laughs> we let lady, it go. We let it go, but show. I'm glad you said something. <laughs> my lady bit show. Uh, there's a, a huge list of comedians I want to book. So I'm mm-hmm. still in the process of like booking those comedians. And then I know eventually I'd rather have people reach out to me than me like being like, what do you think of this person? How right. much time do they have? So you kind of have to hustle. Like, yeah. For, for comedians starting out, what would you say is like the best way to reach out to producers or even to find the people to reach out to? The best thing I could recommend for new comedians is to film all your sets and mm. record all your sets. Because okay. if there's a chance that you have like one really good video and say you're not good socially, there's a lot of socially right. inept yeah. comedians, <laughs> totally. but you want to get more work, it's just so much easier to email a producer and be like, hey, I saw that you produced this show. Like there's like Facebook groups mm-hmm. and stuff for all this, or you'll see it, you'll see someone on a show and be like, who books that? And I've done that before. Like there was a. <laughs> There's a producer in Everett that books a brewery where there's a cat in the brewery that like walks around. And I got so excited. I was like, I need to be on the show. Yeah. So I immediately reached out to her. I was like, can you please book me? I need to meet this cat. And she did. So you just have to like, you know, if, if you don't know where to network, um, I always get a lot of ads from like newer comedians. Mm. I won't know who they are, but I'll be like, oh, 170 mutual friends. Right, I wonder where yeah. you're from. And they'll just creep on your Facebook and see if you book shows and be like, right. Reach out to someone, be like, how was that show? Strangers do it to me all the time. Right, People yeah. I've never met be like, how'd you like the Farmstrong Brewery show? I'd right. be like, it was good. And then they'll reach out to them. So. Or just start a podcast and invite people on, and that's right. your network. They owe you one right. favor. Yeah, there you go. So there you go. I'm going to lo- be looking to book a show pretty soon. Right, a lot yeah. of people have different ways of networking. Like, I, I use Twitter a lot more than Facebook. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah, yeah. a lot of comedians that do not use Twitter. And, like, me, like, Twitter has gotten me a lot of, like, mainly good uh, deals on, like, tickets to cons and stuff. But I've, gone, I've met a lot of people, like, podcasts right. and whatnot yeah, yeah. for, like... You know, like I did a podcast, a comedy podcast that was in Chicago by this guy who books a room. And he was like, hey, if you're ever in Chicago, let me know. I'll try to get you a show. So oh, cool. There's there's many different ways of networking. I'd say Facebook's probably the best because everyone's right. so opinionated and always on <laughs> like, there and yeah. posting every single fucking thought in their right, head. Yeah. <laughs> Can it get like a little awkward when it comes to booking shows when like you have friends that are, are doing comedy and they're they've sort of. And maybe a rut, and they're like, "Hey, we're we're friends outside of comedy." Like, do you think I'm in a rut, John? Rut, <laughs> this was, a, this was a, a subtweet about. You. I haven't done I haven't done stand up in a year and a half. You've done stand up like six times. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, they're sort of like, "Hey, like we're in the same friend group in comedy," but you're sort of like, "Well, you're not." that funny well, i mean <laughs> it yeah, sounds harsh there but. is a lot like i feel bad because i'm not going to name names but right. there there are comedians that i always see have work and i feel mm-hmm. like it's the first year high that you get when you're right. in comedy for especially if you're a female mm-hmm. because they want more females on shows right uh you get booked like all the time right and you like constantly you're like oh i have 13 shows this month right not good shows but you have 13 shows so you get this high where you're like i'm really funny well, I did that, and I booked that woman for a show, mm-hmm. and she did not do that good. She right. was not no. good. And I, I did find out 
uh, oh, okay, so she's only been a comedian for a few months. Uh-huh. So she right. was just getting that high. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, which I had too. When I was right. my first year of comedy, I was getting booked all the time. I was right. like, yeah, I'm like exactly. the new girl <laughs> in the scene. But then people like stopped trying to have sex with me, yeah, so right. I stopped getting booked. Oh. That's basically it. <laughs> it's like, where'd, where'd everybody go I like, after the first year? Uh, <laughs> it, it, it is weird, though. It, it You know, I don't think it has a lot to do with, with friends groups and stuff. I think it has more to do with how active and outgoing you are. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're constant, I'll notice, like, I use Twitter a lot more than Facebook, so I'm not posting a lot on Facebook, and when right. that happens, I don't get booked as much because people kind of forget you're there. Gosh, right, yeah. yeah. That's you know? a good point. Yeah, I never thought about that. But there are, I, I'm lucky lucky enough like to have a good set of producers that just recommend mm-hmm. me to people mm-hmm. like reaching out is something I do like now when I'm like I've only done two shows in yeah, January totally. I need to get booked like people I need to start posting more here's a picture of my cat I don't know <laughs> right. just remember I'm still here um, is there a certain level of like you were talking about like that first year high where like you're just getting booked a lot and then now when you see other comedians are like oh they're on their first year high like is it is it sort of depressing where it's like it's all it's all downhill from here no. or, or you're like, oh, great. These, it, these people are good, good for them. It's like, only depressing if they get so into themselves, because the person that I did book for that show uh, kept telling me about things that she wanted me to say and credits. I'm like, I don't want to be right. a, an asshole, but you don't have any credits. Right, <laughs> like, yeah. If you produce a room in like a small city, that's not really a credit. Like, right. Yeah, yeah. If you've done comedy festivals, if you host at clubs, if you've worked with like a really like big national headliner, those mm-hmm. are credits. But yeah, it's that high you'll see like slowly go down and then they'll either stop going to as many open mics and realize that this isn't what they want to do. Or they'll grow up and realize like, hey, there are comedians that have been doing this for 10 years that barely a book. So yeah, I right. should probably keep my mouth shut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's people. definitely like there's like such it's so immature, but like like. I somewhat resent comedians that like are better than me and have been doing it for less. Like, like, me. like Kevin, right? Someone, or like when yeah. someone gets up and they're just like funny immediately, and you're just like, ah, oh, they're obviously joke thieves or something like that. Like, I've just it's a pride thing, and I think it's that with every time of style. I mean, people, music, musicians too. Like, right. you'll see someone who's just way better an instrument than you, and you're like. Fuck that person. Yeah, it's like they're it's like they're hack or like yeah. You some, always, everyone's always gonna have like I tell myself that I don't compare myself to other comedians, but right. I do. I'll I mean, see, that's what an open mic is. You're just like if, it's kind of it, nice because you're like I'm not not as bad as this guy. Like there's always it's <laughs> some healthy. Dude. People say it's unhealthy. It's yeah. so healthy because if you're not competing yourself with other people, you're not motivated enough yeah, to get yeah. better. Right. Like I'll see people who started the same time as me and they're getting like better feature shows or they're mm-hmm. doing like. They're writing blogs for like good websites, and I'm just like, "All right, right. time to step up my game <laughs> right, now." Exactly. You know? Here's a stand-up shot on Reddit. What do you think right. about that? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, where do you get your material from? Like, what's your writing process look like? Um, well, it's kind of shitty now because I work from home full time, <laughs> gotcha. which I love. Like, mm. I have all these jokes about being like socially inept but that's <laughs> but that's also ruining it because i'm not talking to as many people yeah, so right, it's yeah. like i'm not getting my observational comedy anymore. totally yeah uh f- for me it's like i you know everyone has a different writing process people have mm-hmm. notebooks they mm-hmm. care you always see comedians notebooks right. i hate physically writing so i don't do that <laughs> yeah. shit like i have notes yeah i have my, it in my phone but like i have it's... twitter drafts and i have yeah. like evernote and that's about it right, and yeah. like I'm still picking up stuff that I wrote years ago and I'm using it now. So, oh, like, cool. yeah. so I'll just write something f- fucking stupid. Like <laughs> I'm trying to think of something I wrote recently that was just so dumb. Oh yeah. I, uh, 
I'm never going to use this on stage, but I wrote a joke on Twitter <laughs> that was like, you know, in 2018, we call birthdays age reveal parties because there was this huge gender reveal party post and just stupid shit like that. Right now, I think that joke is awful. Yeah. But you never know. Like four right. years from now, for example, like my sister's pregnant. Mm-hmm. She didn't have one. I could easily bring that up on stage and turn that into a joke. Right. So like for me, it's like if you're if you don't know how you're going to write, just write everything, you know, right, like yeah. the stupidest things like I, I will go through my phone. Here, actually, I'll see if I can find some stupid shit I've written. Please I, do. I also Let's used explore to, everything. I also used to do, when I first year of comedy, I was doing a lot of drugs. Like, good drugs, like shrooms and acid. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I, have, I have, like, a miscellaneous fo- folder with just stupid stuff. That I'm like, where was I going with that? Yeah. <laughs> and Now it's like, now you're, like, better equipped to handle that. Yeah, like, uh, there's one... <laughs> Like this one just right here, it says uh, earthquake taking a poo. I don't know what I yeah. <laughs> The story was I was taking a shit during a like an 8.0 like earthquake. Uh-huh. It was a huge earth. But I'm like, what? where was I going just writing earthquake taking a poo? Like even if it's just a quick thought, you know, like I just said, apparently I'm a mixed race person. Like I have like all these jokes that are just random words in my phone like baby's breath what i don't know what i was going with that <laughs> yeah. but one day it'll click in my head totally so yeah. you just gotta write down every dumb shit that you can think and of. explore everything when comedians are just like oh I, I have nothing i'm like well like you you just like you thought this was funny at one point like mm-hmm. try and get back to that moment where like crowd, you, you really thought practicing this was funny crowd work works a lot there is a open mic in seattle every saturday that's just pure crowd work I should, oh, cool. I should do that. Yeah, yeah. we should. God, I want to do that. It's called like uh, Naked work. Brunch. It's, it's, bad, uh, okay. it's at uh, the Rendezvous. It's in the afternoon. Um, if you are having trouble writing, I highly suggest just practicing crowd work. Right. Um, also, just like reading. Like, I try to avoid political stuff. Mm-hmm, like, you kind of right. have to figure out what kind of com- comedian you want to be. Like, totally, do you want to yeah. be clean? Do you want to be political? Blah, blah. Like, me, I've always been sort of clean because I just feel like that works for me. And my mm-hmm. parents come to every show. Right. And I feel <laughs> they go like, to every show? They do not, do they? Pretty much every show. Oh, my wow. gosh. Anyone within driving distance, at least. Uh, that is crazy. You like So, if you're like, well, I want to start, you know, using more of my nerdy side, like right. me, mm-hmm. like, I'm super into anime, like mm-hmm. creepy, obsessed with anime. Never been able to use that in stand up because right. it's such a broad thing, except for recently. I don't know if you've seen. I posted a video on right. Twitter and I pinned yeah. it. Three years into my comedy took me to finally bring up anime on stage and the joke fucking worked. Right. So it was nice. like, if you feel like you have nothing, like focus on the things that you like about yourself. Right. Totally. Like what makes you different from other people? Because when you go on stage, they don't know who you are. You got to address that. Be like, right. my first opener is that I'm 5'11". So mm-hmm, I make right. a bunch of jokes about having hella long limbs and right. shit. <laughs> so like you just write things down. Like what is interesting about myself that I can talk about? Totally. Right. Yeah, that's a lot of things that uh, I always tell comedians, like, stop inviting your friends because they know you. They're like, that's, I remember, I think we talked about this once on the podcast, but this guy went on stage for an open mic and he invited, like, a bunch of his friends. And oh, he was yeah, like, yeah, the other yeah. day I was playing FIFA and, like, I got, like, this huge, <laughs> <laughs> and, like, got this huge laugh. And I was just like, well, they knew that, like, there's some backstory with yeah, FIFA. Like, Obviously, they joke. know you. Like, <laughs> stop inviting, it's like, it's all about. Like, appealing to strangers and, like, setting up who you really are. You also have to watch the audience. Like, mm-hmm. my anime joke does not work with old people. Right. But yeah. <laughs> at all. But I make it broad enough to where they know what I'm talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't know what anime is, it's what your 14-year-old niece is watching or something. Right. Like, always yeah, make yeah. some just dumb reference. So, yeah, because if you're doing all these jokes on FIFA and, you know, fucking... There's a comedian that has a huge joke on Dota, which I'm like... 
Dota, like 10 people understand what that is. <laughs> Ch- change Dota onto online gaming. Yeah, then right. people know what you're yeah, talking yeah. about. Right, yeah. I think it's all about like how well you paint the picture like with those, those like specific references. I feel like people are like, well, I don't know, whoever. Patton Oswalt, like he makes really specific nerdy references. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to make specific nerdy references. I'm Patton yeah. Oswalt. Yeah, it's but, especially like, like I still consider myself new even though like I'm – get really much way better shows than I did a couple years ago and yeah. I get paid way better but I'm still new I feel like up until you start doing cruise ships and national headline you're uh-huh, always gonna right. be an a amateur comic right. but I know that I've been doing it long enough to where I can comfortably start bringing in things that are more specific right. because you already established yourself on stage oh here's this tall ass kind of Asian looking nerdy chick right. so halfway through my jokes I'm like yeah I fucking watch hentai like right. what do you you know like <laughs> Yeah, you watch any, like, uh, Conan, like, stand-up? Oh, yeah. The, the... I've, I've had a lot of friends do it. Right. Oh, yeah. I do, really? Yeah. That's I've had, awesome. Uh, I've had Steve Gillespie did it. I had, uh, um, who was it? Shane Torres was on there, and oh, I've worked awesome. with him before. It's actually not hard to get on those shows. Whoa, you just have what? to have a Twitter presence. You have to have at least you have at least a setting, like, 20 minutes of material, so um, you can bring it down to five. And right. Conan is awesome at booking people who are not as well known right oh, cool. yeah. so he books like people who are super well known like you know like john mulaney and shit and then he mm-hmm. also posts people that just headline here in washington right so, yeah that's, that's cool. cool yeah well i feel like their first joke is always a joke about their appearance yeah like, that's so important to like i remember i did it's it's not called this anymore it's like remember poppy's 360 or whatever like yeah <laughs> that yeah. weird bar like that's like in under a hotel with fred meyer and I w- had just turned 21 and like it was like a room full of like older, way older people. And like I just my first joke had to be about like how young I was because it was like not, that's, like, a- like, not you're Asian. All, right, it's like Asian. Right. <laughs> Asian. It was just like you're all thinking it. So yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. let's just like say what it is. like no if you're a girl people need to see your face I'm like that's the dumbest shit that's I've ever dumb. heard in my life I'm not good on camera just my voices alright <laughs> so this is the second segment second, second segment cool. heavy heavy act heavy act what we get no more are you guys gonna cry yeah mm, we've had, one, we've uh, had the guy who lives in that room cry he's cried. the only person to ever cry yeah. on the podcast he's a loser okay, I cry a lot so it's okay um, we're, we're entering no, the no but, bit zone no I'm gonna no I'm just <laughs> It's funnier because if you get darker, then like the contrast of making a, a lighthearted comet is funnier. Are we going right now? It's funnier. Yeah. Oh, you should start the going? timer. Oh. You're like, oh. Start that timer. Sorry. It's all right. All right. So we time, to get, <laughs> time to get serious. Okay. I don't know if I can do that, but I will talk about serious things. If you can't talk seriously, then, then get the fuck out yeah, of my yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So were you born in Seattle? <laughs> I was born in Renton. I was a 12-pound baby. So I, yeah, I was a big ass baby. <laughs> that was my that was my, my next question. My mom smoked a lot of weed when she was pregnant with me. 
Uh, and uh, that's who I turned out to be the person I am today. Nice. And uh, that's the answer to your question. Next one. <laughs> uh, that's a good act, too. I think that's we good. No, right. I've been in Washington my entire life. Uh, I've just lived in two places, Renton and Covington. So nice. I haven't done anything. Well, I've gone places, but I haven't really explored outside <laughs> I've of, I've gone places. I've gone to like Hawaii <laughs> 10 times. That's about it. What I, I mean I made it up place. to Bellingham once or twice. Yeah. Right. I drive to Burlington every weekend. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's where I've been. Um yeah. what, so what kind of house did you grow up in? Uh a two-story house. I mean like <laughs> I just kidding. Was it brick? No. Brick, uh, brick? My parents uh were very low-income parents. Um my mom worked at McDonald's when I was a little kid and then worked at Fred Meyer. My mm-hmm. dad, my parents are very comfortable being status quo. So okay. they they raised us to be that way, which I think is really healthy. Um, like, I didn't really get along with my parents a lot when I was a kid because I was a little shit, but. Do you have siblings? I do have one older sister. And uh, was she like the the one, the golden child, yeah, quote unquote? Fuck oh. her. Oh. Um, <laughs> She was, yeah, she was like, you know, Miss Popular all through high school, had good grades. Mm-hmm. Even now, cheerleader. She, even now, she even has like a way better job. Not oh, a cheerleader. God and you're the comedian. Is, yeah, I have a college right. degree and she makes twice as much money than me. God so, God no, I, uh, I was, I struggled a lot because I hung out with really awful people. So I like went to an alternative school. I was doing drugs. Alternative I was, school? Yeah, you know where like, you're, you know what alternative school is? No, I don't. What? No, it's where you're, it's a, a school you go to in high school because you're so shitty at high school. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was, I went to alternative school, but I went to a bad one where all the bad kids go. This is actually bad alternative okay, high this school. This is actually a really funny story if you want to hear it. I do. Okay, so most alternative schools just take kids from like low income families right. or mm-hmm. have gotten into like, you know, cr- crimes and drugs and stuff. Well, the one I went to, you actually had audition to get in. It was like a brand new alternative oh, school. Whoa. They wanted a high graduating rate because most alternative schools don't. Like, they try to really push the kids to that last resort mm-hmm. and then they still don't graduate. So this one's like, well, we're going to, you know, switch everything around. So we want kids to audition here. Audition? Like, and you that's do like you got your, your best type five? Like, well, this is actually yeah. one of my jokes. So you had to like convince the person. In the like in your interview that you're shitty enough to go to that school, which is kind of like it's kind of like, like a reverse. It's, it's a like reverse. a reverse interview. Yeah, that's and weird. like part of my bit that I talk about, which is still like super accurate, is like my parents were the type of parents that were proud about every milestone in my life. Uh-huh. But when they prepped me for the interview, they just brought up all the horrible shit about me. They're just like. <laughs> You know, tell them about that one time, you know, I found drugs in your room. And then right. it's like, Mom, they already know I failed. Like, Lisa's, four- Lisa's worst hits. Yeah, like. I was like, I've already failed four years of math. I don't need to tell them about how shitty I am yeah, as a right, person. Yeah. But she had to give me the pre-shitty interview pep talk. So uh, I actually graduated from there. I was like the Val Victorian, which oh, dang. It was nice. only because I was like one out of five people that graduated. Right. <laughs> I was the tallest I one. I showed up. That was yeah. it. I could reach. <laughs> I could reach the podium, so that's why your hand was the highest in class. So um, you got called on. So yeah, like you know, my parents they had a lot of problems growing up financially, and you know, like I come from a family with drug abuse and drinking and stuff. So we had we kind of drifted off when I was like in junior high and high school, mm-hmm. which pretty much brought me to wow, my daughter's going to alternative school and dating really shitty guys, right. which probably you know be friends with her <laughs> and my f- way my parents introduce themselves to me you know like there's always comes a point in your lifetime when you become close with your parents is right, they started yeah. smoking weed together <laughs> oh really so like nice. my friends have all my parents have always been like friends to me like uh-huh. not really parents which is 
some people say like it's a bad influence, but I'm I've, like, I'll never know what that's like. Maybe it's just like growing up in an Asian household, but like my parents will always be like my elders, and like I'll never be able to like. <laughs> I know, and I like just hang out. Sorry, mom and dad, if you're listening to this, but yeah. like we'll never just be able to like hang like you. I mean, white yeah, people do. I, don't it's know, funny. Like, I mean, they're still parents, like, yeah. but it is weird. Like I had a very odd relationship with them growing up and I still have kind of an odd relationship with them mm-hmm. so how did it like ultimately influence your comedy or did I think it? growing up I because because my parents had a lot of problems we had a lot of problems mm-hmm. uh you know like just with family issues and like you know like my parent one parent would leave for like five days and come back so I think a lot of when you grow up in kind of a more intense household, right. even with Asian parents, because right. they're very highly disciplined parents. Anytime you kind of grow up in like an intense household, regardless mm-hmm. of what aspect of your life is intense, mm-hmm. whether it's like abuse or whatever, or pressure, I think that kind of creates this part in your mind where it's like, you know, all this pressure is putting on me and I need an outlet. Right. So it's either some people's outlets is they get really, really depressed and they wind up, you know, not going a good path or they realize like, because I went through all this stuff, I'm a little more strong, so I can be more a little bit light about it. Right, so yeah. that's when I think my humor started to form is that I didn't want to be too serious about things because a lot of things were very serious in my life. So uh-huh. I was like, you know, I think I'm just going to start making fun of myself and start right, yeah. brushing like, things off. Humor, you go like a little humor. crazy. You're like, yeah. oh, I got I to gotta break this tension. Mm-hmm. Like, And it is kind of sad because there's still a lot of comedians. Uh, you know, since I started in 2014, there's been five comedians in Washington that have you know, killed themselves. So like you kind of have to break between like, you know, I want to use my depressed, like my depression to be humorous, but you can't let that humor to be too serious because Mm -hmm. there are some people that's their only outlet. And if they're not satisfied with that, then right. Yeah. It's easy to just like engulf yourself in this is like, this is the only, so you constantly like have to kind of tell yourself like, no, I just need to do better. Like, this is what I want to do. This is who I am. I'm not bad at it. So, right. yeah. Nice. I don't know if that answers your question, but. <laughs> no, definitely. I think I think we can get into the, the question. Uh, sure, yeah. yeah. You kind of just touched on it, but uh, this is the question we ask in Act 2. Uh, so, do you deal with depression and or anxiety, and how has that affected you creatively? I feel like we kind of got kinda part of that answer. part of it, but. but if you just want to unpack it a little yeah. bit. Uh, I actually used to be diagnosed bipolar. Um, I saw a therapist right after high school because mm-hmm. I just struggled with everything in my life mm-hmm. except for being funny. That was like <laughs> the one thing I've never struggled with. Uh, and I and I was also taking Celexas and anti-anxiety medication. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, well, this maybe this is what will help mm-hmm. because nothing else was helping. And all it did was make me really, really boring. So it got, <laughs> but it, which was weird because it made me less depressed. But I was getting depressed because I was not having fun. Like the actual because, hmm. you know, dep- there's people who are just sad and there's actual depression where right. you kind of have like this dark hole like in your mind or in your yeah, heart. Yeah. And you're like, how do I get rid of this? You know, right. it's like having a zit. You can't pop. That's right. what I say. And uh, it yeah, got- being, being sad is different. It's like st- being depressed is just like stagnant. Whereas yeah. like being yeah. sad is like it can be like. Cathartic Cir- well, and, like, and circumstantial as well. Like depression right. can be circumstantial, but I think sadness is more sadness often has uh, sadness way, has value. Know. Like like the movie Inside Out. Well, like, what, bu- what bugs me too is that so many people were like, "Oh, depression." I used to be depressed and it got cured. I'm like, well, that's like, because you weren't depressed. really depressed. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or there, it was there, like temporary depression, kind of a thing, like yeah. short term. Everyone of like goes. Chronic, everyone right? has yeah. anxiety and some mm. form of depression, but when you are actually clinically de- like depressed, right. like it's yeah, there's. Yeah. 
there's not really a cure. There's only ways of like kind of, I guess, treating it. Mm -hmm. And so I was taking medication, which helped, but I didn't like how it made me my personality. I was not very like funny. I didn't feel creative. And then I realized like I would rather be depressed and Mm -hmm. funny than not depressed and not creative. Right. Like so were things like cloudy on the medication? I've heard that. Yeah. Like you you just kinda like you're not really spacey. Like you're Uh not like driving and then you just drive into a ditch. Like (laughs) you're just kinda like, oh I don't I don't know. I guess. Like you're just kind of like always uneasy. So I kind of took the road where I was like, I'm just gonna battle my anxiety and depression because I wanna be creative. Mm -hmm. Because for me that's how I'm treating it. And like I stopped taking medication, and what helped me is now I exercise a lot. Totally, yeah. Yeah, and it, it does help because my anxiety is more, it's it's like high-functional anxiety. Yeah, right. Yeah, if yeah. you've noticed, I have a shit ton of energy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but I do still battle depression, and I just tell myself, like, yeah, I get depressive ep- episodes, like how you said that you kind of stopped doing yeah, comedy yeah. for months. Mm-hmm. I still go through that, you know, and then I just tell myself, like, Find something to distract yourself with or force yourself out of it. And, right. and it's tough. It's mm-hmm. it's something that I think every person who has depression is always going to battle with. Right. And you just have to tell yourself, like, it's okay. Totally. And yeah. I, I think this is something we haven't actually brought up on the show uh, before. But, like, uh, I, I know, like, a common use of, like, antidepressants is just to get to that point where you can, like, cope with it, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. I'm on antidepressants right now, and it's... Uh, I guess it's just like getting yourself into a routine where you'll be less depressed once you stop taking the medication kind of a thing or like starting to exercise. There are people who need it. And I would never tell people, you know, if you physically need the medication, don't Mm -hmm. stop taking it and take the route of exercise. Because there's so many people are like, oh, you could just go hiking and lose some weight. And I'm like, that doesn't treat diseases. That's like what I want to do when I'm happy. Like, yeah, I mean, do it for all means. Yeah, the last thing I want to do is exercise when I'm depressed. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's a very like cyclical like that yeah. that treats more of my anxiety though right right because like, okay, gotcha. like me like depression will always be there and like like i say i watch a lot of anime and i play a lot of video games and mm-hmm. those are all as much as i love them they really are just distracting me yeah from from how i i really <laughs> have like that hole and i'm like i need to get rid of the zit um <laughs> so right. i'm just gonna watch naruto's problems and see how he's doing you right. know? <laughs> totally yeah i i totally can like relate to that feeling of like escapism of just like always okay. having something on that's like that's yeah. my thing like i always music tv shows like mm-hmm. the dryer something like uh, something in the background and working from home makes it so tough because yeah. like oh, yeah. i say i listen to a lot of like podcasts mm-hmm. and like i watch like john oliver videos on youtube and right. a bunch of youtubers and it helps um, and it is weird because like when you're working like in public, like that's your distraction. But when mm-hmm. you're working from home, your computer is not really your distraction. Yeah, you're just right. like, wow, I am still sitting in this house. Yeah, uh, <laughs> cabin fever. So I'm kind of sure. getting used to that whole, you know, I'm saving money, which is great. But I need to like it's it's starting to make my depression like a little more apparent. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I got to find something to kind of distract me from that. So. Right. But like I said, it's something that you're always going to battle with. You just And then how does it ultimately uh, affect your stand up? It affects or it, does it negatively and positively. Right. Negatively because I go through these phases where I don't go to open mics, I don't want to do shows. I mean, I've never like canceled a show, but there is times where I won't take a show because I'm like, oh, I just don't feel like doing stand up right now. Right. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I feel like if you have any kind of mental not really a disability. Anytime you're right. kind of mentally not there, it does bring out 
creativity. Like all art, all forms of art are from some kind of form of like feelings, right. like either mm-hmm. depression, happiness. And for me, anytime I'm like super depressed, as much as it does keep me from being on stage, it does make me more motivated to write. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm just not doing it in public. Right. <laughs> I think like I sh- doing a, a bad open mic is like, to me is like the, the perfect cure to depression. Just cause like, <laughs> it's like no matter what the outcome is, like you're going to be happy or sad and, like it just like sh- it like shocks some emotion into you. Totally, yeah. Or like mm-hmm. even even if it doesn't go well, I'm like, well, I'm sad it didn't go well, but like I'm no longer depressed. Yeah. Like I'm I'm just like shaken out of that. Mm-hmm. Well, and and I've found that like improv is kind of that for me of like getting on stage and just like losing yourself in this performance or losing your like you get energy from the audience and that's mm-hmm. kind of like what will help me through depression is like I don't have any energy of my own, so I got to get this from somebody. Right. Else. Yeah. <laughs> and and like what like what like you were saying like not letting that be the end all be all. Like, I feel like I see some people, they do stand up and it doesn't go well. And then they're like, I got to take a, a four month break. And I'm just like, don't let, don't let it just like destroy everything you are. <laughs> it like, is tough though, because you know, you've been in the audience and you've seen a bad comedian and, uh-huh. and you're like, you know, you do judge them. But the thing is you forget about them. Yeah, that's you right. Just have yeah. To tell yourself is that these people don't know your name. Yeah. They're not going to remember you. If they right. see you on stage again, they're like, Oh, I've seen her. She was horrible. Uh-huh. You just do better. And right. they're like, okay, it's low stakes. Yeah. That's why I always tell people, or it's do, low stakes. Or do worse and surprise them. Yeah. I, did a, Subvert I, expectations. I did the most nerve-wracking <laughs> show of my life in November. I opened for Arsenio Hall, who's been around for oh, what? years. That's yeah, crazy. At Parlor, and I was super excited because I was like, oh, I just have to host. I just got to do like five minutes. I just got to do like, you know, some few jokes and I'll mm-hmm. be fine. And then do the announcements. And they told me they didn't have a feature, so I need you to do 20-minute feature sets. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Wow. So you want me to host and do a 20 minute set. <laughs> Regardless of how funny you are, that is a horrible idea. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like when you're hosting, people don't expect you to be on stage for that mm-hmm, long. Right. They're like, this is the girl who's going to tell a few jokes, right. do the announcements, and leave. And so it was, there's no one between you and her. So it's just like you went up, yeah. introduced, like, welcome to the show. Also, I'm the feature. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> God and all damn, like that, that's the worst. People who go to see comedians like Arsenio. They're not really a lot of comedy audience. They're right. TV audience because uh-huh. they, even though he's been a comedian forever and he's hilarious, people merely know him mainly because of his show right. and because of movies. So they're not used to that too. So right. at the same time, they're kind of like, like wrap it up, like yeah. So yeah. and it, I had to do five of these shows, and it was the most <laughs> nerve wracking show of my life. Did and it go well, or was it sort of? Three trying out of to, five. Trying to keep your head above water. Three kind out of situation. five of them went well. Yeah, three out of five is pretty good. But yeah. the, I, the last show was on Halloween night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dang. Yeah. Was it drunk audiences. Spooky. That's got to be drunk awful. audiences. People were like yelling at yeah. me. And it was the worst. And like I'd say out of my 20 minutes, that's maybe eight of it was actually people listening. And that was the worst show I've done, but also like the most unforgiving show I've done. But at the same time, I realized like, this audience does not give a shit. Right, yeah. Because Arsenio went up, did his fucking hour, and he uh-huh. fucking killed it. Yeah. And I did not ruin their night. Right. That's yeah. the only positive thought. Totally. Like, I didn't ruin anyone's night. God. And people were like, at the end, like, you did good. You did really right. good. Like, the sympathy. <laughs> you were really funny. Right. Like, I'm really sorry, but you Jeez. were great. And drunk. I got paid, so yeah. I'm not banned from parlor. I'm still working there. Right. So. Drunk, drunk show or drunk audiences are so They're like, crazy. Like, because we, we did uh we did a drunk show, a drunk improv show on St. Patrick's Day, and it's oh, just God. like Damn. 
it was crazy because we were also just super drunk. And so nothing on stage was good, but the audience was like so into it. It was just like this crazy, like drunken energy, like oh the whole God. the whole room. It's... I did New Year's at the Space Needle. I did a, you did a New Year's show? I did oh the gosh. New Year's show at the fucking Space that Needle. That sounds like... Which was even... like drunk people in fancy ass dresses walking in and out of <laughs> right. my set. So like every five minutes it'd be like, and you know, I have limbs like a, hey, welcome to the show. Right. Anyways, yeah. uh, so I'm tall, blah, blah, blah. And then five minutes later, hey, hey, no, don't leave. Come, come back. Yeah, I feel like that's got to be like, just got to be crowd work, right? For shows like that. Like com- just, well, coming with like, hey, just, here's my prepared material. At the end, like, you're oh, like, you I care? got paid way too much money to do this. That's all you right. say at the end is like. <laughs> yeah. Nobody who booked me watched my set. So they don't even know how bad you did, <laughs> but they still paid you because you nice. did your job. So I was like, you know what? I can live with that. Wait, where, where do you stand for a stand-up set uh, at the Space Needle? Do you like rotate around? <laughs> it, was, it, was at, it was at the uh, the Mopop. I meant the EMP. Okay, um, okay, But that's cool, the cool. Space Needle right, party right, right. for New Year's. And it was inside one of the stages uh, where I thought, well, it's going to be loud and people aren't going to listen. No, they put us in a room that's like super amazing acoustics because, you know, uh, it's a fucking music right. museum. And so the fucking stage and the sound was in- incredible, but I was super clear and the audience wasn't. So mm-hmm. it was like, I sound amazing, <laughs> but you guys are laughing and it sounds like like tiny mice. Like, are you guys actually having a good time? Like, <laughs> I, you know, there's a lot of shows where you think you're not doing good, but you're actually doing really good right, because right. of the sound difference. Right. The better yeah. the acoustics, the quieter the laughs, but the better the set. Yeah. <laughs> That's and good. the money. <laughs> the money I, I is the most. I read that in a fortune cookie. Yeah. <laughs> the money is the most important. It's better to do a paid shitty set than yeah. a shitty right. set. Right. That's a shitty set. Totally. That's like <laughs> volunteer yeah, work. Yeah. Like I've I've done. Uh, because the, the theater I perform at does, like, outside gigs. And uh-huh. so it's, like, you'll just go and you'll be in, like, you'll go uh, for just this company party and they'll put you in, like, a corner. And they're, like, yeah, just do, like, uh, just do improv. <laughs> and then, uh, like, go. we're going to be eating and stuff. But, like, you can do your set, whatever. Like, right. just do it. And it's, it's, like, all right, well, I'm getting paid for this right. nightmare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a bomb paid. Like, you walk away, you're just, like, well. It's, like, like, it's like working like, a holiday. Yeah, you're exactly. Like, exactly. You're like, Today oh, sucks, but I'm making a lot of money. <laughs> when you're on stage and it's not going well do you find yourself are you like fight or flight like do you just like well that's my time like and then oh, or no, do you kind or I, do you I lean totally, into it like, i totally keep going yeah i i've i've learned to just not give a shit like right. i i i have minimal embarrassment like it's hard to embarrass me like when i did the arsenio show there was a good 11 minutes where people were just like huh. <laughs> and like i'll straight up be like could you laugh a little louder like i will be a dick yeah. to the crowd i'll not piss them off but yeah i always i've been really good at just going with it because my first year i do really bad i'd be like so anyways um <laughs> yeah i've noticed like my first two years like i was always flight just like i'm cu- sorry i'll get off this yeah right yeah, yeah. Like, it's like I'll, I'll get off now like just, does, does anything still rattle you on stage Ooh, yeah well i hate when anyone interrupts me mm-hmm. oh right. totally oh. yeah i hate a lot of shows that i don't like doing is that they'll do a the, they'll do a like a set and then the host will come out and continue to do more comedy before mm-hmm. bringing up the next guest. I hate that. Right. Cause oh, I, yeah. I, I record all my sets. So I'm like, I press record. 
30 seconds, I should be on stage. And they'll right. like sit there and they'll do like five minutes of material and then your high and the audience high of hearing the next comedian goes away. Yeah. Right, yeah. So for me, it's more of the structure of the shows. I don't really have a big problem with audience. He- hecklers, I'll just be like, oh, can you please shut the fuck up? Yeah. Thank oh, you. It's my favorite thing to like, when I'm about like, oh, I got my, my set, I'm ready to go. I see a heckler, I'm just like, I'll crumble it up. And, and the like, thing is, is like, I'm so, to, to like a fault. Like, I'm like, I should have just done my jokes. But yeah. Oh, it's I bad. will, and I will like, yell the facility i've once i got heckled uh my second year of comedy i got booked at a pizza place <laughs> there's a pizza place that is staged which is really cool and there was a guy in the audience that would just be like super drunk and yelling at me and i was like i like put my hand on the mic i was like i will seriously quit my fucking time if you don't remove this asshole whoa and everyone started clapping <laughs> i was like i'm four minutes in my set and you won't shut the fuck up right. and they finally removed him like you should not take shit for that because right a a lot of those places aren't paying you as much as they can afford uh-huh. and b like why the fuck would you run a comedy show mm-hmm. and let one of the audience members ruin who you hired yeah, it's just right. yeah so oh. I'm really good at dealing with hecklers and just moving on. Uh, There's been a couple times where a fire alarm has gone off during my set. (laughs) And I'm just like, I can't. Dope. I can't continue. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I can't. Oh, we, that's that's the heckler. You can't. We yeah. did a show at the upfront where uh, this guy brought in a dog, and he said it was a service animal, and like it, it was pretty much like behaved the entire thing, and then the last five minutes, it started just barking as loud as oh it could, gosh. and everyone was like. And we like tried to recover, and it's like, how do you recover yeah, from a, do- a, is, a dog yeah. barking for like you ten seconds? You invite the dog on stage, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you'd be like, can you, sir, do can you bring your dog on yeah. stage? Because apparently he has more jokes than I do. Yeah. Like you just. Some, sometimes shutting down hecklers can be like by acknowledging them, like you let them win almost. Sometimes. No, it's They're just like, rewarding for me. I'm just like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> well, they like they never they always shut down. Like it's it's they want to say something from the comfort of anonymity, right. anonymity. But then like as soon as they're on the in the spotlight, I feel like that's true. They shut up most of the time. They just don't realize that comedy shows are not interactive. Yeah, right. You want to well, go see a music performance and halfway through a song, be like, play this one next. So, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah, I've I've just like. I like talking to hecklers, but I'm not, this is not like a, a braggy thing where I'm like, oh, I'm so good at shutting them down. Sometimes like, I'll just jump at it. Like someone will kind of say something to their friend and I'm just like, you interrupting the show, man. And they're just like, <laughs> no, no, you can like, brag about shutting down hecklers because hecklers are a cancerous people. So <laughs> yeah, well, because in Bellingham, you don't really get hecklers, quote unquote. It'd be there. like if I'm stocking cheese at a grocery store and someone just took that cheese and put it on the ground. I'd be like, what the <laughs> fuck, man? I'm working over here. All right. It's a good cheese analogy. Yeah, I don't. I used to. That was what I did before. I <laughs> That's literally what okay, I did I for 10 like, years. What did you think of that? Just I now? worked at Fred Meyer for 10 years. I stocked a lot of cheese in my life. Um, I could only make it like a year and a half at Fred Meyer. Yeah, I was 10. Now you can tell why I'm so depressed. Jeez, yeah. (laughs) Wait, you worked 10 years? 10 years. Oh my gosh. Sorry when I was 17. Sheesh. That was crazy. I'm old.
the Trinity Tree Farm? My sister got married there. Oh, really? She was actually one venue. of the first weddings they had there, and it was super cheap. They were like, because it's not cheap now. There's, yeah, but it's, they got in on the ground floor. They, uh, yeah, they apparently have like another section built too. But when they first started out, it was like just a event space, and they started doing weddings, and they gave my sister a fat discount because they're like, we haven't done because they were still having construction and shit. And she's like, mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't have any money. Yeah. Like half of their like entire farm wasn't built yet, so they just did like the wedding in the corner, and it came out amazing. Nice. Gosh, dang, awesome weddings place. are expensive. Yeah. I missed yeah. this. I missed you on ceremony. <laughs> and then I emceed the the next part. <laughs> uh, I was the maid of honor, and I was already an established comedian. So they were like, "You better be funny." I'm like, "This uh, isn't like, a show. This, this is yeah. my sister's wedding." But thanks. <laughs> what, what do you do when people ask you just to like make a joke on the spot? Like, I tell them to fuck I tell themselves. Them no. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it's like no. I'm not just gonna give it away. Like, <laughs> it, 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 I always like relate it to what they do for work. I'd be like, what do you do for work? They'd be like, oh, I uh, I post jobs for Microsoft. I'm like, okay, show me all the jobs you posted. <laughs> right. It's it's also weird, like. Comedians don't, they do things on the spot because they prepared for it. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can't be like, just tell me one of your jokes. I'm like, have you seen me do comedy? I don't really have, like, jokes. I have, like, stories and snippets Uh and, like, bits. Like, no one goes on stage like, huh, why did the chicken cross the road, guys? (laughs) Right. Yeah, when someone says, tell me a joke, I'm just like... Is that what you really want? Like, I feel like deep down, you don't want me to go I'm into like, my bit right now. Like, how about you just come to my show? Right. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, don't just, com- or don't come to it. Or, like. or just watch my YouTube video, right. like, right now. Yeah. Like, you know? Well, not in front of me. I've had people watch my stand-up right in front of me. I'm, I'm just like, like mm. do you know what? Have you ever been outside? Like, don't do not do this. Oh, and I, I've had people, like, just with me by myself, they've been like, oh, do some improv for us. Yeah. So like, I, I'm actually, not- <laughs> I actually hate, <laughs> I hate talking about being a comedian. Comedians, a lot of comedians love it. They want yeah. everyone to know they do stand-up. Totally, I don't. Yeah. But I'll be with a group of girlfriends and be like, is my friend Lisa? She's a comedian. <laughs> She's really funny. And I'm like, oh, great. Now I have to be now, fucking yeah, funny yeah. all night. Like, why couldn't you just yeah. let me be, like, the friend that works from home? Like, why? Like, <laughs> right. And people are always uh, like, Jim Gaffigan, he's cool, right? And you're just like, yeah. yeah like, cool. I guess. Six, like, six years ago, maybe? Six, yeah. I mean, like. <laughs> it's not, so, yeah. This, I read a lot of comedian statuses. And they're always like, being a comedian's like this. Being a comedian like that. Like, I've said that maybe once, like, as a joke. But, mm-hmm. like, I know. I don't think anyone likes to talk about it. Like, even That's why though, we have this podcast. Yeah, even though yeah, even though you're passionate about it, but like podcasts, totally okay with it because it's like you guys know what you're doing. But strangers in public, they don't. Right. They're yeah. just like, you're a comedian. Oh, and you're yeah. a girl, so you must be fucking hilarious. Oh, uh, do you talk about your vagina? Jeez. That's <laughs> uh, cringy. And people, yeah. any anyone. Anybody who says, well, don't put me in your stand-up act is always the most boring person. Yeah. <laughs> like, just Mr. Vanilla. I'm like, that's it. there's no way I'm putting you in my stand-up act. <laughs> yeah. Or they're like, what about this, huh? You could you could put this in your stand-up act. It's just like, don't don't tell me how to Stop write jokes. Stop calling it my stand-up. Stop calling yeah. it my skit, for one thing. It's yeah. not a skit. <laughs> you put this in your skit. Put it in your little sketches. My dad does that. He'd be like, oh, I got a joke for oh, you. Yikes. I'm like, oh, I'm sure you do, Dad. <laughs> Why don't you do my joke? Because it's not a joke. And you're not funny. That's crazy that your parents come to every show. That's like, that's got to influence your comedy. Like they, My dad's retired and my mom is just like, you know, we don't spend enough time with you. I'm like, I just moved back home. Like you spent, and I work from home. You yeah. spent plenty of time with me. <laughs> are they the kind of parents that will just be like, no matter what, they're like, wow, that was, that was a great show. Or are they like, yeah. joke number four. Needed like some... you're doing better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every show they say that. I'm like, you're doing better. like, when do I get good? Yeah. Cause I've been doing better yeah. for a while. 
Uh, no, they basically come to every show that I tell them to. Like, there's, gotcha. sh- I definitely don't tell them about every show because yeah, yeah. they mm. will come to every show. <laughs> right, yeah. We're just so proud of you. We just want to see you do your thing, your thing that we have to support. <laughs> are they? Is there sometimes where you can tell they're like not sincere, or are they always? I did a show anytime. Like, I don't like most of my stuff is pretty clean, but like, there's a joke where I say, I call my sister a cunt. Like, that's literally <laughs> that's literally the punchline, and my mom goes, oh. <laughs> in the crowd <laughs> and she helps the joke because everyone laughs even more but she is genuinely shocked every time I say it I'm like right. you've seen me do this joke like 30 times yeah, why so are you funny. still shocked <laughs> I just don't like that word then don't come to my shows like because I say it a lot yeah right? this is horrible I have a joke where I've had two abortions and that was when my parents found out is seeing it on stage oh, they're like oh really and the oh, funniest wow. thing my dad was like I thought you only had one oh my god <laughs> like, well, surprise dad surprise. I've had two so, the, big, the big reveal so a lot of like darker oh. stuff they'll be like they'll find out from comedy they'll be like yeah you didn't tell us that my like, yeah, a lot of things it's I like, tell you guys right. like where all my shows are I don't tell you guys that. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, Dang. it's so my it's, dad's actively on Facebook now, so he'll see everything oh, I post and be man. like, we'll be there. I'm like, right. Fuck. It's like, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> it's like that friend that you don't really like that wants to hang out with you right. all the time. Like, and it's like, it's nice. It's nice they want to come support you, you know? You can come, but, but don't sit by me. <laughs> right. It's weird how, like, at least I feel this way of like, I'm more comfortable sharing really personal things on stage than I am, or like, I guess in a setting where like, it's impersonal. So like a podcast, I'll share everything about myself or on stage, I'll share everything about myself. But then like, I'm, yeah, I'm less confident. Because you're not staring <laughs> also, at a person judging you. You're staring yeah. at many people judging you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's a barrier. I'm not a barrier. I'm, I'm pretty open. When pe- If someone asks me, like, a, like you said, we'll get dark. If you ask me a really fucked up question, I'll probably answer it. Like, I'm like, yeah. John, you got totally. any fucked up questions? Yeah, I know. What's a fucked up? Do you have any <laughs> fucked up answers to questions that we could that we ask could you? ask? So we so we don't look bad by okay. asking them, and we'll, we'll cut this part where we're thinking about right. it. And we'll just look good. Well, what's sometimes I'll just say fucked up things I don't really mean. Like for example, my sister, I love her, but she's her and her husband have been trying to get pregnant for a really long time, mm-hmm. and she finally got pregnant. After three years, I'm like, that's crazy because I get pregnant like pretty easily. <laughs> She'll be like, wow, Lisa, that's really fucked up. And like, she'll be like, oh, you know, I'm 12 weeks long. I was like, yeah, I think that's how much I was when I got my abortion. Oh like, my God. I need to stop saying these things. Just over mashed potatoes. You know? just. No, I've had people just ask me like, you know, like, what's the darkest joke you have? And I'm like, I don't really have a lot of dark jokes. I just have like a dark sense of humor. Right. You know, but like, you know, I feel like if you're more open with people, they'll be more understanding the things. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like, there's so many people who are like sheltered away from yeah, like stuff like abortions, like they have yeah, such yeah. a horror. And then I'm like, have you ever talked to someone who had one? Because they're, right, they're pretty yeah. like okay people. Yeah, like, they're yeah. not. They're not awful people that yeah, are just yeah. getting pregnant and like killing babies all the time. Totally, you know. Yeah. So I feel like the more open you are and honest with people, the more that they're gonna like be accepting of certain things. Yeah, you know. Yeah, we should let's make that part of act two still. Can we do that? No, you can be. I'm gonna make act no because the first part, the beginning of this act was very light. I, I want to. All right. Well, just do, work like your it. magic. Make it make unconventional. It sound good. <laughs> unconventional. All right. So. Right. Well, and I, I, I kind of want to ask. I've never like talked to anybody about this. So recently, I kind of had this realization that I like get really irritated anytime someone posts like a suicide hotline because like I'm very often I'm like suicidal, and I just like I don't know. I, I hate it. I think a lot of I'm very cynical too. Let's just be honest. Yeah. So I automatically <laughs> assume the worst out of people. Um, no, whenever I see that, it's like. 
I understand what your motive is. Totally, mm-hmm. yeah. But you obviously don't really care. It's like reach out to the person. For me, it's like if I'm feeling suicidal, the last thing I want is to talk to a stranger about right. like, like who has no idea it what my like situation is. It was like the whole is. Logan Paul thing. You've heard about that. Yes. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jeez, that was. Oh, my God. Did you watch the video? That was. It was fucked uh, up. I didn't I mean to, but it was <laughs> yeah. on Twitter. So was just, I was oh, like, yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's yeah. how I saw it, too. I mean, God. a lot of his fan base were like, what's the big deal? I'm like, right. you don't understand how that affects people who have either dealt with depression or have mm-hmm. lost someone because of suicide. Like, it's not. To you, it's like, oh, I've seen dead bodies all the time. It's like, well, that's right. really fucked up that you've seen a lot of dead bodies. <laughs> uh, but, like, you walked into a suicide forest, yeah. already disrespected the forest itself, and filmed a dead body, edited, and posted. Like, and that right. guy is Stupid not some... fucking hat on, too. Like, right. Just... Like, and now he... I really didn't want to watch and it. And now but... he has this video where he's, like, speaking to people and said he's going to donate all this money to, like, suicide awareness and stuff. I'm like... A, that money you're donating doesn't even scratch yeah, your fucking right. account. Yeah, and yeah. B, you're not doing the right thing. What you need to do is just not do anything. Like, right. you, mm-hmm. you, yeah, just go away. Just go away. <laughs> yeah. Stop trying to make it look like you care about suicide. Take more than three weeks to take off from work and yeah. reflect on yourself. Like, do some research. Don't be like, oh, no, I'm an advocate for suicide. No, right. you're not. You posted a dead body not even a month yeah, ago. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. literally right after the new year started. It, like, it, apparently, he monetized his apology video, he too. Did. Which right, is yeah. so fucked it's just up. Like, it's messed up. Oh, my up. God. Yeah. I mean, like, I get it. When someone, like, posts something about a suicide hotline, I want to say that they're coming from the right place they're not but like i just like <laughs> I mean, it's more it's on like, social media especially i feel like it's it's just a vanity thing where it's, it's just so like, performative it's yeah, like, also, like everyone hey. knows the suicide hotline like why yeah, do you right, know exactly yeah. it's like oh i'm suicidal uh where can i go like right. can, can you call 911 you should <laughs> yeah. call 911 yeah if you like, see someone getting hurt call 911 yeah i know that you <laughs> right. have to tell me the only thing that like see the only like people i could see that helping is like teenagers who really like might not know about right. thing like options i guess but even that is like they probably That's stretch do know. yeah like I, don't know. I feel like the more you see it happen the more it starts to affect you so it's like you know when chester bennington like killed himself mm-hmm. i was a huge lincoln park fan growing up so yeah. that like actually really got to me and so when i saw that i was like wow like that really fucking sucks and i posted like a little thing about him about how i was a huge fan of him right but and then people were like, "Yeah, if you have thoughts of suicide, call the suicide." You think That's fucking like, Chester Bennington is gonna call yeah, the suicide hotline? Yeah, right, yeah. Totally. Like, <laughs> you're not you're not saying what you should be saying, basically. Well, right. And they're like reacting to a suicide. And for me, it's like I feel like society or like the way we talk about suicide needs to change, and it can't just be reactive, right? Like we can't just say like. Let's only talk about suicide when someone kills themselves. Right. Like, yeah. Just why don't we like let depressed people exist without feeling why bad? Why don't you don't let know. people know that you're a person to talk to? <laughs> yeah. And that people yeah. can confide in you. Exactly. Don't be like, oh, you're thinking about killing yourself. Uh, I'm actually busy right now. Yeah. Can you call <laughs> this hotline? Yes. Yeah. That's what it is. It's so it's dismissive. Like, you know, it, it's yeah. so dismissive. I'm gonna make like... that a bit now because I was really. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just refer to this podcast yeah. for all your bits. But I get it. Like I get it. We're not like free from like. We're recording this entire conversation and we're going to put it on the internet and hope people listen act to it. Three. Like, <laughs> act three. Act uh, three. But like when it comes to like, like a celebrity kills himself, it's just about like who can have the best take on this and like who can like. Mine are always the best. It's Kevin's are always the best objectively. But like if you people just like attack each other because like you only agree with like 90 percent of what I'm saying. Like I, I still have the best take on this and. You just can't strip away like the vanity from social media. Literally the only heated debates I get in are anime related. (laughs) That's healthy. People, there are people like, 
I hate Trump, obviously. Right. Like, I fucking hate anyone who supports him. But I'm not going to actively go online and, like, fight with them because it's right. pointless. But if you tell me that, like, Hunter Hunter is not that good of an anime, I will flip my shit on you and be like, go fuck <laughs> yourself, man. What like, is... you know, he's like, what is that? What is that? The one Asian I'm man sorry, in this room. I'm sorry. Animated <laughs> me is, like, spirited away in Pokemon. Like, that's, well, those are both that's, anime. But, so that, 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 that's I am glad that you make that. That's you know. as far as it goes See, I'm like, I, I'm, like, a step further. I've gotten to, like, the kind of casual stuff, like Attack on Titan and Death Note and that kind of stuff. Like, the big hits. Right. Yeah, the I'm, like, hits. deep into, the, like, a, there's an anime about volleyball and, you know. No. I'm watching this one about cards. Like, yeah, I've you know? seen. Well, I've just seen people post about this like like obscure anime they're watching. I'm like, how did how does this get made? Like, right. this is there's just weird stuff. But like, there's so a, there's cool. a rabbit hole. I feel like yeah. Some people I are just like, love the people who spend like 16 hours a day animating it. Like, <laughs> right. I'm literally animating this anime about a rabbit and his best friend and how they can't dig the deepest hole. Like, there you go. That's, like, that's you great. Know, it's but yeah like it's when you start to like feed into the negativity like stuff like that that's really can affect people then it's just gonna affect you even more so for me right. it's just like i'm just ignore all that shit and go back to my escapism. watch some anime i use social media as escapism right you know oh, yeah. and i feel like most people should because it's becoming more it becomes a toxic environment for a lot of people especially mm-hmm. in comedy with all the oh, fuck this person. This person did this on this show. It's like, right. okay, but now you're just exiling this person and mm-hmm. now that person like feels alone. Like, right, totally. exactly. You know, Twi- it's... Twitter has definitely shortened my life by like five years, probably. Yeah. I feel like Twitter has gotten way better. <laughs> Facebook is so much worse for me. Oh, Facebook, because Facebook it's so, is a nightmare. It's it. so personal. Twitter is just like, you know, you can read a really good informative thread. Yeah. You can avoid seeing that stuff if you right. want to. Twitter, or you can just—it's it's fleeting, you know. Yeah, just... you can. It—it's very impersonal, and that's what I like. Yeah. Right. And if you want to make it personal, just fucking PM someone about some stupid anime shit or fucking. <laughs> it always comes back to anime. Games. Yeah, of course. That's who I am. What what uh, anime should I watch? As oh as someone who doesn't watch, I animes. feel like that's a whole nother section. I mean, like, as, like I, mean, I feel like are there like introductory <laughs> animes? Like... I'll send you a list. Okay. Death Note, <laughs> Death Note Top was 10. amazing. I really Death liked Note. it, and Death I feel Note. like I feel like that's like. It's like a good entry, right? I don't know. It's a very good entry. It's very yeah. basic. It's it's very... <laughs> it is. No, not like basic bitch. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. the storyline is basic yeah, enough totally, to where totally. people who don't understand the anime tropes and, like, okay. certain personality uh-huh. types can follow. It's right. like a ch- cat chase mouse detective series. Gotcha. Totally. Yeah. Right up my alley. You yeah, gotta watch it. I also I just bought the Blu-ray of Cowboy Bebop, and I haven't watched it yet. Cowboy so Bebop's also we yeah, should watch I've heard that, a lot about that. Everyone can watch that, but I saw, watched the first episode of Attack on Titan. It was it was good. I mean, I don't know. Pressing. It was all yeah. Oh, I love it. I, I, I felt feel so sad like, the whole time. It was great. I love feeling sad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, isn't are, are they done making that show? Isn't no. like I think they have third they? season coming out in but July. Isn't like isn't there like a huge gap in between each season? Yeah, or, or well, is yeah, that just how they, anime is? Because they have to write the manga. So most oh, anime start I off see. at manga, I see. and they need enough because each anime episode is about three chapters of a manga, uh-huh. and a chapter takes about three weeks. So you need about three weeks worth of material to make one episode. I see. So if they don't have enough material for a second season, they're gonna wait until there is to make a second season. Right. So, so who got you into anime, or did you just me? You just stumbled <laughs> upon it. I started watching yeah. Pokemon Sailor Moon as a kid. Took a huge break throughout high school, and then when I graduated, I was like, I need something that's not going to be fucking Netflix shit. Like, I need right. something that's yeah, not, yeah. like, Game of Thrones and all this stuff. So I just started watching, like, random series, and then 
I don't know. That's who I am it's now. Just, it's, it's part of you. <laughs> are it was there, a phase. Is, 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 are you like every anime show? I'm just I'm watching that shit all day. Or are there are Pretty there much. are there very popular anime shows that you're just like this is bad. There is, but I also try to find things that aren't popular. Like my entire Twitter following is basically anime people, and they'll right. like give me real recommendations mm-hmm. on something I find off BuzzFeed. You know, so right. I'll like I'll feed <laughs> off of their recommendations of like, oh, I like more of the horror type of mm-hmm. shows versus right. like the slice of life so i'm gonna stick to the horror genre so right well john we can go through the buzzfeed anime together the for, buzzfeed yeah. the very I've very seen. basic basic <laughs> but the basic anime. stuff is really good yeah you know and then you yeah. decide like if this is good there's probably better stuff out there but am i wanting to commit to that that's where the big right, question comes yeah, yeah. Uh, so before we get into like the end, uh, I want to talk a little bit about video games because uh, we don't get to talk about that yeah, very often. Not very often. Yeah. John's yeah. not that I'm not into really them. a gamer. Just like, what's your favorite Pokemon? You're the gen- worst Asian I'm sorry. ever. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, what's I like? I play Pokemon. That's that's something. Yeah, but you play right? Pokemon. You play Pokemon casually. That's you play yeah, Pokemon that's true. Go. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I will say Pokemon Go has uh, allowed me and my dad to bond a lot more. He loves Pokemon Go. <laughs> loves it too and it's so cute oh really that's so funny it's a, he takes walks and i told him to download it yeah, and now yeah, he just yeah. like yeah every day that's crazy that's, uh, there's a very fine line between work and challenging and that line is pokemon go what is funny is i stopped playing pokemon go but when we were in japan uh like a year ago you know i i was like i'm just gonna download it and see what it's like in japan my phone froze because there's pokemon everywhere in japan oh that's cool it was that's like cool. oh my god there's pincers every five seconds that's like, awesome but I deleted it immediately because my yeah. battery went down 30%. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, I need this to know where we're going. <laughs> uh, yeah, I play a lot of video games. I play a lot more now than I used to. Like, I've always played Nintendo uh-huh, growing right. up. I have Zelda tattoos all over my arm. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I yeah. Mean, uh, yeah, cool. I know. It's not finished yet, so I don't t- show people. Uh, but lately, I've been trying to more explore more, like, indie gaming and stuff. Because I love indie games, especially, like, short indie games. Because I don't need to invest 600 hours yeah. into another game. <laughs> right. uh, what, are, what are some of the games you're playing right now? Besides Breath of yeah, the Wild? Yeah, besides Breath of the Wild, which is just the best game of all time. I'm just going like, to put I'm that out there. playing Sonic Mania. Is it really? It I think so. It is pretty really? damn good. Damn. Uh, Sonic right. Mania oh, cool. is amazing yeah, I've heard because it's, good. it's everything I love about Sonic and nothing I hate about Sonic because everyone hates Sonic but also loves it, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. yeah Sonic yeah. Mania is yeah. like, they took all the best levels best aspects of old Sonic games and they revamped it and had like actual true Sonic fans okay. make opinions on what should be made in the game. So it's actually catered to people who love Sonic games. Gotcha. Cool. Who owns Sonic now? Is it Nintendo? It's still Sega. It's still oh, Sega. Is it Sega. Sega still around? Sega's like... affiliated with pretty much everything now. Because like, you can get it for PC. Oh, okay. PS4, I thought Sega yeah. like died like no. years ago. And then it's like still developed, I think, by Sonic Team technically, oh, like which I is see. like a subsidiary right, of right. Sega or something. I don't know. That makes sense. I uh, I've been playing that. Um, I've been playing a few indie games. Like I just went through all of Stardew Valley. I love Stardew Valley. <laughs> I've spent like. I spent hours a on lot game. of hours in that game. Did not expect to. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I got I married. I got married to the uh, emo kid. Uh, we do not have a kid together because we're not like children. Um, it's a really fun game because I loved Harvest Moon growing up. Um, yeah. 
What's didn't, your, Ed, what's didn't, your... didn't Edmund McMillan say he didn't, he didn't yeah, like Stardew Valley? Like Stardew he Valley. didn't like Stardew and Valley. I, and yeah. I like looked at him and I was like, don't you dare say anything better than Stardew Valley. I, I thought it was better than Harvest Moon. Yeah, it's the best Harvest Moon game. And the music is amazing. <laughs> Everything about the game is super fun. Yeah. Wait, love... is it Harvest Moon or is it just a game that's like Harvest Moon? It's exactly Moon? the same, it's like but JRPG it's way better. It's like JRPG meets Harvest Moon in gotcha. a little way. Well, there's kind of, uh, there's like this game called Rune Factory, which is like a Harvest Moon spinoff. And that one, kind of, it had dungeon crawling. So it's like, it's like Harvest Moon with dungeon crawling and like better writing <laughs> yeah okay. and longer seasons yeah i really mean like cool. it's not like the harvest moon sequel it's just like another no, game that no, no, happens no. to be like harvest actually moon. harvest moon is called like something like seasons something seasons now they changed oh, the name really? of it and i was like yeah because oh. i was trying to look it up i don't like that uh <laughs> i actually i know this is super cringe on the video game fandom but i actually just <laughs> recently finished undertale I love Undertale. Okay, good. I'm good. <laughs> I love it. That, everyone says they hate that Wait, game. Wait, what? Yeah, who I, says I, they I hate not, it? I have been wanting to play it for years, but I didn't have a PC, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna tell it on my work computer." And uh, I did, and I fucking loved it. Yeah. I beat it all three ways, and everyone's oh, like, man. "Yeah, but the fandom is awful." And like They're the not. fandom, I don't think so. I don't the know. The fandom is terrible. I'm not terrible. <laughs> like I love it. Like I'll listen. I love the soundtrack. I'll listen to it, and then I, you just read through the yeah. comments, and you're like. Oh, God, you guys wow. are disgusting. That like, is like the opposite of my experience with okay, Undertale. Good. <laughs> I'm glad it is for you because not for me. Um, so that was, Yeah, that was like the single most, like one of the most ex- emotional experiences of my life. It's a very was, yeah. emotional game and I was not <laughs> expecting that. And I love games that really fuck with your emotions, which is mm-hmm. why I love Zelda so much. Is an Zelda emo- an emotional game? Is it, it is if you grew up on it and are totally into the lore and make your own mm-hmm. fan right, theories right. and like just absolutely obsessed with it. And over time, it's become a very emotional game because right. they, they kind of, it grows with its fans. Right. You know? There's like this there's legacy. Not of, there's yeah. not a lot of games that grow with the fan base. That's and Zelda's true, yeah. always been one that has. Mm-hmm, you know, right. you realize there's not five-year-olds. There are five-year-olds right. playing Breath right. of the Wild, but they suck. Um, <laughs> I know because I suck. No. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, besides that, I've been like, I love that Nintendo finally went to the Steam like library and adopted oh, all yeah, the games. Yeah. There's now like, I can play yeah. all those games handheld and not have to play them on a fucking computer. Yeah, you should so. play Binding of Isaac Rebirth. Highly recommend it. It's on the Switch. Oh my God. Plug. Uh, also, the end is nigh from Edmund McMillan, Edmund friend McMillan, of the show, friend of the show. Also on that the we Switch got to interview, <laughs> Super Meat Boy. Uh, also, just launched I love on the Super Switch. Meat Boy. I uh, just downloaded um, Enter the Gungeon. Oh, that game's great! I yeah. haven't played it yet. Yeah, yeah, I just paid for it today. It's <laughs> it's hard. It's very it's like unforgiving, but it's fun. I like it. I've played a lot of unforgiving games this year, including Undertale. It's just unforgiving on your heart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't want to never... kill you. <laughs> I just don't want to, but I have to. You can never come back from. Dang, it sounds scary. That game. Yeah, I'm not a gamer. I'm sorry. We'll put, make it part of our anime list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just watch Undertale and it's, play Attack on Titan. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I actually just accidentally bought the Attack on Titan game. It was in my cart and I clicked buy. <laughs> oh, is it actually good? I don't know. I don't I don't we'll find out. You paid for I it. I didn't want to buy it. So <laughs> I haven't played any anime games, but I hope to soon. Do you, um, do you have a favorite Pokemon generation? You never, you never. I do. That. I uh, I like third. I think third gen was no. Fourth gen was really good, but I think third gen was right when it was like, if you guys make more Pokemon, I'm going to fucking hate you. Like, <laughs> I, I played every Pokemon up until black and white. I was not a big fan of black and white. Really? Me neither. Me black neither. Black and white is maybe I, my favorite Pokemon that's, game. That's Besides, crazy. That's so, crazy. No, here's the thing is I'm replaying through the original Gold and Silver, and those are the moodiest Pokemon games. Like, the, the color palette and the soundtrack, it just puts you in this, like, space where you're that's like... That's why Soul Silver oh, is my man. favorite game. Yeah. Yeah. Soul Silver, Diamond's also really good. 
Only because I think Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum were obviously the last of that original, you know, uh, interface that Pokemon yeah, had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right, they yeah. were fucking hard. I love that those yeah. games got really hard. Like, mm-hmm. you, by the time you got to the fucking, uh, the, not the Plateau, like, was it the the Elite Four and Diamond and Pearl? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. By the time yeah. you got there, all their Pokemon was 20 levels higher than you were. Right. Yeah. Like, how the fuck did you get to level <laughs> yeah. 65? I'm totally. still level yeah. 43, so... And I love that after that you could travel to other places. I would say my favorite games though would be Soul Silver and like Leaf Green. Right. I love yeah, the, the remakes. Yeah, yeah. the remakes mm-hmm. are good. Yeah. Sun and Moon was so easy. Now that you say that, yeah. Diamond I never Pro- played Sun and Moon. No, you, you have so to easy. turn off. You have to turn off Experience Share, and you have to set it to Set Mode instead of Switch Mode. That's what the real so, Pokemon fans do. I haven't. Oh, I right? haven't. I haven't played X and Y. I didn't play Back and White Two, and I didn't play Sun and Moon. I I think right. Like every Pokemon game has something to love about it. Uh, so I think, yeah, we're like at 30 minutes. So oh, we forgot uh, to tell you about the takeaway. That's yeah. all right. We'll, so we'll tell you now. We're about to get into the takeaway, which uh, how we describe it is if somebody were to just fast forward to this part of the podcast and hear this one thing, what do you want them to be left with? And that could be advice. It can be a fun fact. It could be literally anything. Uh, would you say most of your audience is listening because of the emotional stuff? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We I like to think so. I think so, that's the draw. But, of, that, but maybe that's not. like what we think the draw of our podcast right. is. Yeah, I would say you know if you are battling some sort of depression and anxiety, don't beat yourself up because of it. Yeah, it's it's more normal than everyone thinks. And if you honestly are having trouble, like really getting yourself out of that rut. You know, just talk to somebody. That's mm-hmm. pretty much all. I know it's such cliche advice, but it's honestly the best advice because a lot of people don't realize how awarding it is to talk to somebody when yeah. you when you don't know what to who to talk to. And always talk. I always say to always talk to someone who has depression. I know it right, sounds horrible yeah. because people who don't are be like. I'll come pick you up. Yeah, right, yeah. We'll go to a bar <laughs> yeah, and we'll yeah, get yeah. you some Long Island iced teas. <laughs> callback. That was try, a great callback. Try, try and find a friend too. Like I, I have one friend who like can just drag me out of bed and be like, "All right, right. we're gonna make you feel better today." So yeah. like, find that friend. Yeah, they're yeah. out there. They're out there. That's Somewhere. pretty much it. Well, cool. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, do you have any plugs, plugs. before we get out of here? Uh, plugs for me is you can follow me on Twitter. It's at w e e b s a underscore weebsa. What, what is that? Weebsa. And I'm a weeb. We you don't weeb? you don't watch anime. Oh, okay, <laughs> it's okay. Right. I'm just like so, I assumed well, it was well, an anime. Here's thing. the thing: is at Lisa Wallen was taken, uh-huh. and I've just gone through so many uh, Twitter handles. I'm like, fuck it. I'm just keeping one. Gotcha. Um, also, uh, if any of you guys are in a Washington area, uh, I have a show February 28th at Parlor, my produced show, The Lady Bit Show, and it's going to be hilarious, and you guys should buy tickets and find me on Facebook, and that's about it. Did you say cool. hella areas? Hella uh, areas? Hella it's going to be a hella, hella areas. That's what I heard. Hella areas. Hella areas. I just want to say that I coined that term, so when that goes viral. <laughs> I want a quarter every time someone says it. <laughs> I'm hella areas. Hella areas. <laughs> it's going to be a great show, and I need people to come so I make money. To pay off Do my it. new car. <laughs> Check it out. John, you got any plugs? Nope. At John Lee 271 uh, You can follow me at Twitter, Candorscore Hoog. Uh, go to patreon.com slash the process. Or if you don't want to give John money, patreon.com slash khuge. <laughs> or you just PayPal me. That works too. Just, or give just us to, money. Just to give me money. We have me, wealthy add listeners. Add me on Venmo. Uh, uh, <laughs> Kevin Dash Hugerworth, I think. <laughs> 
All right, let's. <laughs> that's our, that's, it. that's a great you. spot to end it. Lisa, thank, thank you for you being so on much. the show. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Absolutely. Yeah. Hit, hit it. Hit that. Thanks for oh. listening that to button. The Process. Uh, if you enjoyed it, go ahead and click subscribe over at SoundCloud or on any podcasting app or on iTunes or uh, go over to Facebook.com. So that's the process. John, Kevin, uh, there's too much. I don't care. So much no one stuff. listens this long. No one, no one we makes it, it this we, far. So we just recorded the intro and outro back to back. We just said all this. Patreon.com slash KHuge. And if, you know, patreon.com slash the president. Join us next week. We, we have Shannon, Shannon Taylor. Awake but still in bed. Yeah. Check it out. From San Jose. California. All right. Goodbye. See ya.